Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! His hips bumped against Rafa's ass, and he watched as he thrust in and out. Shit, he wasn't going to last long at this rate. Tangling his fingers in Rafa's curls, he leaned over and lifted his head for a messy kiss. On the next stroke, he found Rafa's prostate, rubbing over the swollen nub as Rafa called out, grunting and panting. Shane dug his fingers into Rafa's hips, wanting to empty himself so badly, but not before Rafa came. Neil. Yes? Neil. Yeah? I was wondering. Do you want to hear what's next? Reaching around, Wait, he jerked I, Rafa's I, oh, rigid oh, cock. Oh, good. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey. Hey. Why don't we do a podcast? Sure. Great. Great. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. One straight one and one queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. Fuck, Mary Kill. <laughs> uh, so many spoilers. All the spoilers. All the spoilers. We spooge spoilers. <laughs> we emit spoilers like so much ejaculate. We're giving them to you now. Mm. <laughs> So, if you've come here just for a review of these books, uh, we recommend you read the books yeah. and then come to talk to us, or just be perfectly fine with knowing how they end. Right. There are some people who don't care about that at all. Yeah, I don't care. You oh, do. I care so much. You care so much. Uh, I'm always about how do you get there more than just like the thing that happens. Well, for me, it's both. I don't understand how we're friends sometimes. So, I mean, I'm definitely one of those people who sometimes, if I'm holding the book, I skip to the end. <gasps> and then I read the last paragraph, and then I read up to the paragraph. You're a monster. I know it. Oh, next you're going to tell me that you dog-ear the, the pages. No. Okay, good. But I also don't care as much as you do. I care so much. I mean, most of the books I read are, like, mass-published. Uh, they're everywhere. Uh, it's fine. All right. <laughs> My tastes are a bit more. I mean, if I had a first find. edition book, no way. No way. Anyway, Claire. Yes. What's got you hot and bothered? Oh my gosh, Neil. Yes. This woman was arrested and she was not allowed to come to Walmart anymore because she was drunk in the aisles. How did they find her? Oh, that's right. She had her wine bottle in a Pringles, an empty Pringles can. It was just like speeding through the aisles on her grocery cart, drinking out of a Pringles can. That lady is totally who I want to grow up to be. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Every word I was like more and more, I was like, I want to be this woman. I mean, I just, I, this is what I imagined. She was in the Pringles aisle and she was near the wine aisle and she looked at the two of them. It was like, I wonder. And she popped that can and just fucking dumped those chips out. Popped in the wine bottle, was like, oh, I'm a genius. I'm a genius. Well, if I were her, I would have shoved all of the Pringles into my mouth <laughs> and then wash it down with the wine. I assume she came drunk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. She was about to throw out the Pringles. She's like, wait a second. <laughs> and now, because it's been in the news, a bunch of people are going to try it. And then a bunch of other people are like, yeah, I've been doing this for decades. Oh my god. Decades. I 
I mean, this is the type of thing that a woman in a romantic comedy does when she's at that lowest point of despair. Yeah. I love it so much. Now, I know this woman's probably actually going through some tremendous personal issues and there's times and this is hard and who wants to be a meme nobody but honestly this is amazing i would love it if she released a blog post that was wine pairings with pringles chips (gasps) where's that sommelier (laughs) my personal favorite is sour cream and onion what wine should i be drinking with right and i like the uh salt and vinegar Exactly Ooh. which one should I be drinking mm-hmm, with? It's mm-hmm. That's a very hard pairing because salt and vinegar is overwhelming. Right. And those actually hurt your tongue a little bit because it's, it's, they're not very good, these particular Pringles. And, um, but they're your favorite. Oh, yeah. Oh, Claire. <laughs> little knives in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> this is so uncomfortable. Let me eat another handful. Oh, story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> little knives in my mouth. What's got you hot and bothered? (laughs) That's going to be a tough act to follow. Um, What's got me hot and bothered is something inspired by one of the books that we read this episode. Um, Authors. Because you say a thing that doesn't make it true. (laughs) Especially if you've said something to the exact opposite earlier in the book. Ooh, example. Example. Well, something that, that we've seen a lot um, in some of these books is the couple will fall in love with each other right away. And then it's like, oh, they're, s- they're so funny. They're so smart. They're so this. We've never seen these characters be funny. We've never seen these characters be smart. So when you say that they're f- smart and funny, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. That doesn't make it true. Just saying that a character is funny doesn't make them funny. You have to have them actually be funny. Yeah, you kind of have to prove it. I mean, I will say, um, if an author gives an introduction like, uh, Sally was smart and funny and one of the prettiest ladies in town. Like, I'm going to believe you right up until you prove the opposite. Right. But it's just... You know, because that's how you know somebody. You're like, okay, this is a thing. But if you fucking go back on that, right? And they don't do anything that's either smart or funny, and and like half the town calls them an ogo. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to explain that first sentence. <laughs> Sally is smart and funny and super pretty. She hates everything about her appearance. She makes poor life choices. She's <laughs> ill-informed about the world. She doesn't understand what humor is. Those those things can't all be true writers. No, no, no. Or there was like one ex- one example in one of the books we read. It's like, oh, this character, these two characters didn't talk very much to each other. It was usually just like exchanging pleasantries. This guy is middle-aged and had a family that he talked about all the time. How does he talk about his family all the time if they don't talk to each other very much? <laughs> and those two sentences were right next to each other. They can't both be true. So authors... If you say something about someone, show us this. Also, it's that situation where it's like, oh, normally this person was like this, but this time around they see this. We've never seen them be this other way. So I don't believe you. I think maybe that character believes that they are independent. I've never seen them be independent. People don't know themselves very well. 
That's often true. Someone could think that they're independent and they're not. If you want me to believe that they're independent, you have to show them being independent. Otherwise, I don't believe you. Yeah. Yeah, no. And again, Otherwise, like, you're lying to me. Well, Either you or the character is lying to me. I think uh, there's, a, there's a good way, like, I've always thought about this in theater. So you're on a blank stage and, and a character points to the center of the stage and says, look at that beautiful tree. The audience is going to be- go, okay, that character thinks there's a beautiful tree in the yeah. middle. That's that's the information that I know. That yeah. character thinks there's a beautiful tree. Every other character that walks on stage treats the center of the stage, even though it's empty to the eye, as if there's a beautiful tree there. The audience is going to go, there's a beautiful tree there. Yeah. They're just going to go along with it. But... If that character says, "Look at that beautiful tree in the middle of this, in the middle of there," and then another character walks on and just stands there, the audience is like, "Well, either that first character was lying, or this place fucked." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. like, you're gonna have to like really play in. Like, so again, like I say, like if a character says or somebody says X equals Y, I'm gonna believe X equals Y, but I'm gonna look for it yeah. because you've told me to look for it, right? Um, and if you don't back that up, and if in the next sentence you fuck it up, yep. then you, you've you made me disbelieve your entire book. Everything. And that's that's a shame. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, so that's what's got me hot and bothered. Excellent. Great. Well, do you want to read these books then? Yes. Tell me what we read. Oh, I, I picked them. You, yeah, you picked them, Claire. <laughs> tell me what I picked. No, 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 Claire. So, so, listeners, I picked the books. Claire, tell us about the books that you picked. See how that works? It's not fun. <laughs> Don't do it. Okay. What did we read, Claire? Well, we read two books. We read Under a His... A Straight One and a Queer One? We did. <laughs> Under His Protection by Karen Erickson and Valor on the Move by Kira Andrews. Uh, but Neil corrected me and because the first time I read this title out last time... Um, I had said just that little bit of the title, but it in fact is a much longer title. Um, and I'm trying to look for it, but oh my God, like this, my Kindle's not working. Neil, what is the full title? The full title is... Oh, here, uh, uh, Gay May December Romance. <laughs> so Valor on the Move, Gay May December Romance. I didn't actually know that when I picked up this book. <laughs> this was a surprise to Claire. Right. Uh, whether it is a May December Romance is debatable but we'll get into it uh yeah it may be more of a like may september romance really i was thinking um a january december romance. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into these let's books. get into it <laughs> valor on the move may december gay romance by kira andrews he'd give his life to protect the president's son but he never expected to risk his heart. (laughs) Great, great. Growing up gay in the White House hasn't been easy for Rafael Castillo, codenamed Valor by the Secret Service. Rafa feels anything but brave as he hides in the closet and tries to stay below the radar in his last year of college. His father's presidency is almost over, and he just needs to stick to his carefully crafted plan. Once his family's out of the spotlight, he can be honest with his conservative parents about his sexuality and his dream of being a chef. It's definitely not part of Rafa's plan to get a new Secret Service agent who's a walking wet dream, but he's made it this long keeping his desires to himself. Besides, it's not like Shane Kendrick would even look at him twice if it wasn't his job. 
Shane's worked his way up through the Secret Service ranks, and while protecting the President's shy, boring son isn't his dream White House assignment, it's an easy enough task since no one pays Rafa much attention. He discovers there's a vibrant young man beneath the timid public shell, and while he knows Rafa has a crush on him, he assures himself it's harmless. Shane's never had room for romance in his life, and he'd certainly never cross that line with a protectee. Keeping Rafa safe at any cost is Shane's mission. But as Rafa gets under his skin, will they both put their hearts on the line? This gay romance from Kira Andrews is the first part of the Valor duology. It features an age difference, Jane Austen levels of pining, forbidden love against the odds, and of course, a happy ending. So that's what it says the book is about. Yeah, that's the whole book. That's the whole yeah, well, book. Except for, except for, okay. So what I would gather from this particular genre, from the two books that we read, if you're into the genre, what happens is uh, somebody is assigned to protect somebody else. Mm-hmm. They are thrown together alone so that nobody else can see them get closer together mm-hmm. because otherwise it'd be highly illegal and bad. Um, and then Not illegal. Well, I don't know. Just bad. Just super bad. Super bad. And then, um, and then there's super bad danger where bum, bum, the bum. protectee is in danger, and That's the protector such an has to. Word. Protectee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, is that? I looked at the Secret Service website. That's the word that they use. Right. It's just such an awkward word. Well, and anyway, then, sorry. but the protectee is in danger. The protector has to save them. Um, illicit sex happens. And then um, they decide either they're going to be together forever or they don't. Like, that seems to be probably the rhythm of all of these, like, bodyguard books yeah, or yeah, yeah. protector books or whatever. This book. Um, so, Rafa is the president's son mm-hmm. and the youngest. Mm-hmm. He's in his last year of college. Mm-hmm. And the president is also in his last semester of being a president. Yeah. He's uh, been voted out of office. And this is, it's summer now. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- the fall will, of course, be his last bit as president, and then mm-hmm. they'll all be free. Yeah, uh, like Rafa is going to graduate in December, and he's going to go off and live his own life after the president is no longer the president, and everybody's looking forward to this. Rafa has a fake girlfriend who's his lesbian beard, Ashley. <laughs> Ashley, who they're seems besties. They're besties, and he seems delightful, and she seems delightful. Yeah. Um, They're very supportive of each other. Oh, yeah. And they've made this agreement because they both have to be closeted because their parents are both conservatives. Yeah. Uh, And, yes, Rafa's father is a Republican Mm -hmm. and did support a bill that would make uh, gay marriage, uh, that would make marriage constitutionally between a man and a woman. Mm Mm-hmm. That bill failed, but Rafa still remembers it and had to be on stage when his father made that announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Rafa and Ashley are just waiting for this to all come to an end so they can come out and live their own lives. Yeah. And the plan is, did, he wants to move to Australia and become yeah. a chef. Is she going with him? No. Oh, okay. I thought at first that that was the plan and then after a while it's like oh I guess she's going somewhere else you know she's gonna go live in New York or do something else like it's that's not really covered she's just gonna also come out do a thing right um because she'll also be free yeah 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 having to be this um meanwhile Shane is Mm -hmm. uh just been assigned to 
the detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to remove a lot of the detail because they're going off to those people who are running for president right now. It's election season. Like Since it's election too. season, and they all need a lot of protection. So One of them has a super big family. So right. they're like, oh, God, we've got to send so many agents over there. and yeah. Right. So um, our guy Shane is partnered up with uh, an old friend of his. Alan. Alan. And they are, um, and they're going to protect the son. Mm-hmm. Alan is very quickly almost put off the detail because his daughter, no son, son. because Alan's son is dying of, of an incurable, terrible disease. Mm-hmm. That his daughter died of already. <laughs> that his daughter also died of. It's like an autoimmune disease or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. A, genetic. Really rare genetic autoimmune yeah. condition. So he's got to go take care of his son in the hospital. And which leaves Rafa and Shane all alone. Mm-hmm. And Rafa likes to stay up late at night, raid the kitchens, and make food. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mother it sounds like he's good at it. Oh yeah, and his mother hates that part about him mm-hmm. because she doesn't want her son to be near anything that's domestic. Wants him to be also going to politics eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Shane is super supportive of everything that Rafa is doing, and is like the first person to ever, like the first person who's not Ashley, to say nice things to Shane. It seems like. It seems like, because the his he has <coughs> three older siblings, mm-hmm. Chris, Matt, and the girl Adele. Yeah, I think, and they're old enough that they each of them was only in the White House for a couple years before they went off to college and then started their own Right, lives. but he's been there the whole time. He's been there the whole time. And, like, he's just not close to them. They all seem pretty fine. And they, at the end of the, by the end of the book, they're all, we find out that they're all actually great people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's just not close to them because they were all so desperate to, like, get out of the right. White House. Right, and he's not close to his parents either, in part because they're very busy running, The country. R- yeah. Yeah. So he's really on his own, and he's called an easy detail because he likes to be easygoing and just sort of pleasing to everybody. Yeah, and just stay under the radar. Yeah. Um, Whereas his sister would just, like... There's a story where his sister just decided to go to Las Vegas without telling anyone. So she just, like, hopped in her car and started driving to Las Vegas. So Secret Service was like, shit, 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 shit. And she ended up in the tabloids a lot. Yeah. And then one of the brothers was trying out for the Olympic swim team mm-hmm. and the other brother is like married to an actress. And, and also like a high powered lawyer. Yeah. Or something. So they're all like famous <laughs> and Rafa's just like, I don't want it. Rafa's just Rafa. I want to disappear to Australia. Right. And also like, it was a hard time. Like they relate him to Chelsea Clinton a lot mm-hmm. in that there was, he was made fun of a lot in mm-hmm. the internet age. And like, it was hard. It's hard to grow up in the white yeah. house and you see all of that. Um, so they get closer. Shane and Rafa get closer mm-hmm. over food, and sh- uh, Rafa has an immediate crush on him because he finds out he's gay, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, I'm secret gay," and this guy's <laughs> super hot. <laughs> I'm secret gay. <laughs> I'm and secret Shane's gay. like, "I'm the opposite of that." <laughs> right, and he's super hot. He's into him, and he mm-hmm. kind of starts contriving little dates. Yeah, and, in the in the and, upstairs. And kitchen. Shane realizes what's happening, and he's like. I shouldn't let this happen, but 
I'm having a good time, and I have yeah. to be on his detail anyway. The kids lonely. Like he can, he's able to see. Right. That, like, well, and I think he even sort of sees like this is possibly a young gay man who needs a little bit of help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna not say no to that. Also, I'm kind of into him too, even though I shouldn't be. Ooh. But he's he, he's actually much more appropriate. He's like, look at that kid's hot ass. Don't look at that kid's hot ass. Don't do, don't do that. <laughs> and don't look up. do that. Up, up, up. Which, actually, it didn't feel terrible when that no. was happening. It didn't feel gross. It didn't feel like he was objectifying. And he was like, this person's objectively hot. And now I have to objectively look away. <laughs> and now I have to not do that anymore. Um, um, and sh- uh, Rafa is like 22, 23. Yeah. Probably 20, close to 22. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in just okay. a sec. Uh, anyway, it comes... So, uh, Chris, Rafa's older brother but like next closest in age mm-hmm. comes home and has a discussion with him is like oh we know you're gay and ref is like what <laughs> and he's like yeah i mean but like we we think you might be we, like we've dad and i have talked about we think this is a possibility and ref is like dad <gasps> like he's like okay with maybe chris thinking that but like mm-hmm. the rest of his family possibly and then he feels like he's being he's he's been had that mm-hmm. his whole family is making him be in the closet for yeah. their own purposes. And that pisses him off and right. makes him sad. Because the timing of it is that the dad came out in support of this, like, marriage bill after having had the conversation with Chris. That, like, oh, do you yeah. think Rafa might be gay? And then, like, very shortly after that, he's like, okay, family, I need to make a speech. Marriage should be between a man and a woman. And so Rafa feels very deeply he's like it's one thing if he didn't if my dad didn't know but he he knew that i might be gay and he was still up there saying those things and he felt duly so betrayed by that and rafa ends up forcing a conversation about it he's like does everybody here know i'm gay and the whole family's like shit we don't want to have this conversation right now he's like oh we're gonna have this conversation right now an interview there were like other people in the room right and and then the, the dad's like everyone out yeah and so they have to have this conversation right then. And uh, his, his father's like, well, I mean, I don't even really believe that. He's like, that's worse. Don't you understand how that's worse? And and I thought this actually was handled really pretty well. Like, it, it I thought it, um, it towed the line between a fantasy co- coming out conversation if you're the president's son and you're in opposite political realms. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, surprise, surprise, Raph is a Democrat. Right. And being like, <laughs> and being like a real conversation. Like I felt it towed the line between that fantasy and the real conversation. Mm-hmm. Rafa was always in charge, which I felt like wasn't, wouldn't have been necessarily true. Right. Well, there, there was a point where it started spiraling and there were like, the siblings were like, well, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you feel comfortable talking to me? And then they're like, oh, well, probably because you do this and you do that and blah, blah, blah. And they all started sort of like, oh, because mom always this. And it like turned into like a bigger and then Chris's wife, the actress was like, maybe we should just talk about Rafa right now. It was like, yes, thank you. Thank you. Well, I thought a lot of that went really well and it led really, really beautifully to the next plot moment where Rafa like runs out of this room because he's so sad and embarrassed and angry and hurt and feeling really lonely and he runs out and gets in his car and is able to just drive Mm -hmm. and his secret service like detail has to fucking follow him Mm -hmm. and Alan's back at this point and and the book has built it up well enough that uh, 
of what these pop-ups are and these sudden things and how you have to react to them so we know what's supposed to happen mm-hmm. and that went really well and in the midst of this when they do finally stop and there's a sexual highly sexually charged moment that happens it's a little gross but actually it's kind of gross it is but i'm gonna have to say like everybody in the moment knew it was bad yeah like this was yeah. a freak out yeah anyway without getting into what that was just very quickly what ends up happening is that's when kidnappers arrive yeah and um, here's where it went off the rails for me personally because <laughs> i always knew they were going to show up yeah yeah they yeah. had to we're referring to them all the time and there's a reason there's secret service detail yeah but so um, the kidnappers show up they grab rafa corellian Yes. But it sounds like something from Star Trek. I looked it up. It's oh. a region in Eastern Europe. Right. The dad just got back from peace talks in that area. Right. So it's Karelian terrorists who are going to kidnap right. the president. I thought, I thought the, the author did a good job of picking a, a, t- a bunch of people who do want independence mm-hmm. who we don't currently know a lot about. Right, right, right. So without making up a country. Yeah. I thought that was well done. Anyway... They kidnap him, take him off. Uh, Shane follows, and there's a shootout, Mm -hmm. and they have to run, and they end up in a cave, (laughs) and then there's a cave-in, and so Shane and Rafa are now stuck in the dark in this cave-in waiting for help to happen, and that's where they fuck. (laughs) Fuck, They don't actually fuck. No, but they have a lot of sexy times in that cave. They they blow each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do all kinds of stuff. They do a lot of things in that cave. And Ooh. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where is this cave? In- it's in Virginia somewhere. Yeah. In a forest in Virginia. Uh-huh. Somewhere <laughs> in Appalachia is this cave that they got to. I don't know how. I don't know. The, the cave-in. Like, the moment the cave-in happened, I was like, no. No. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. We easily could have just gone to a hotel. <laughs> right, and right. And waited for retrieval. <laughs> or like a cabin we or something. We need to be in a cave. <laughs> You say that. I feel like you might love that it was a cave. I Just so you can be was, like, what a There cave. was a big part of me that was like, of course it's a cave. <laughs> then, but as I read it out loud, I went, what? And my husband was like, what are you, what? <laughs> I, I was just like, because especially since the whole rest of the book felt so real. Right. And exceedingly well researched. Mm-hmm. And like, the yeah, protocols. I, I and feel like I know a lot about how the Secret Service operates yeah. now. And it didn't feel like made up. It didn't feel forced. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you have to force, like, the intimacy between the two of them. But right. honestly, like, that the detail would have to leave so they could go protect, like, other presidential yeah, candidates. Yeah, yeah. That all felt really real. Right. And it, it like... It this this book was obviously very well thought through, as you're saying. It's like okay, well, in in a year, in a year when the incumbent is running again, you have to send fewer Secret Service agents away because they're already at the White House. But when like their term is up and it's two different people, one of whom who has a really big family, so all of those people, it's just like yeah, it makes this whole situation make sense. And like 
they're they're pulling in the like the B string people from like protecting former presidents and and all makes and like code names and oh this is what this is the situation where we wear the wireless and this is the situations where we have the walkie talkies and right and then here's like the things that you carry around like the little black box for your pockets so in mm-hmm. case there's an emergency like all kinds of this all made sense so everyone then when has it got a code the, name that starts with the same letter yeah so then when it got to the cave I was like <laughs> almost oh. but also again you're right as a romance reader as somebody who likes those kind of turns I wasn't totally against it also so i'd have something to say on the podcast <laughs> but it was a lot um right. they get out of the cave um shane finds out it's his partner alan who turns who turned on them mm-hmm. and turned them in and because alan wanted the death benefits he wanted to he it was like suicide type thing he wanted the money so sad yeah he wanted the kidnappers to give his wife money so that they could get this special swedish treatment for their kid and then also his life insurance. Um, and his life insurance because he wanted them to kill him. The kidnappers, of course, fucked up and right. didn't kill him, even though they got really close. And didn't kill Shane. And they weren't supposed to. And they, but they did, tried to. They tried to. And then... He got a graze on the ear. They aimed for his head and it yeah. got his ear. So, and then Shane is cleared of everything because he's able to capture Alan saying all of this in, like, a confession... So Shane is cleared. It was so sad. And then uh, we have a wrap-up with the family, where the family's like, okay, Rafa, we support you. We were wrong. It took you almost being dead for us to realize. Right. Which was nice, but it also felt a little untrue for their characters. Yeah, it was kind of a... It was kind of a complete 180. Yeah. If, I mean, like, not for the kids, because the kid, like, it, on the, the siblings... They were already from on the board. G- yeah, but for the parents to just do, like, a complete... Yeah, and, and that felt... Especially the mom, because yes. she's set up as just being so strict and stubborn and demanding right. for it, her to... Like, her original character does come back later, which I appreciated, but this one, it felt like, in the same way that the cave was, just too fantasy. Yeah. Um, and too forced. Yeah. Though um, I, will say, I mean, but I do want a happy ending. Yeah. And the part where she's like, I don't want you to be a chef because my my dad was a line cook and he would clean out grease traps for a living. And like, we're embarrassed by that. Right. So that felt That felt genuine. true and real too. Yeah. Um, skip ahead. Uh, then there are three endings. There are a lot of endings. <sighs> Oh my god, there aren't three endings. There are three more chapters, and each chapter felt like the end, but it right. just kept going. So, uh, Shane is transferred to uh, the California coast, where he can surf and do something. I don't know where what he grew up. Right, and so he's transferred there. Rafa comes out and finds him and says, I want to be with you forever. Shane agrees. They go back to Shane's house. They fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> and then. There's rimming. Rimming! I was so happy. It was delightful. Um, we find out what's happened to Shane uh, to Rafa since, mm-hmm. and Rafa has a conversation with his mom. We're like, "I'm in love with this dude," and she's like, "He's too old for you." He's like, "I'm I can live my own life, and I'm moving to Australia right now." And then uh, they move to Australia and are happily ever after. That's the second book, right? That's the, the second, second book. book. Is them in Australia? Yeah. So it was just. But I just I. There was a whole chapter of sex. Yeah, there was. There was a whole chapter of sex, which I'm usually on board with if it's in the middle of the book where the stakes are higher. This one, I just knew they were going to be together, and it was like, okay, here's porn for you now. 
His porn. He's your porn. It was well written. It was. It really was. Um, yeah, this book is about someone in the Secret Service protecting the president's son. In the second book, he's not the president's son. He's a former president's son. And Shane has quit the Secret Service. So, like, what are they going to do in I'm Australia? I'm not sure what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I thought... Uh, there was a lot to recommend this book. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun things. The Secret Service angle was great. I thought their relationship was great, except... Except? Tell me. Rafa was not written as a 23-year-old. No, he was not. Rafa was written as an 18-year-old. Rafa was written as like a 16-year-old. And you could tell. Yeah. And it was gross. Yeah. Uh, Shane was absolutely written as a 39-year-old man. Yeah. And in one point, I think the writer even originally writ- wrote Rafa... As a young high school student, mm-hmm. and then aged him up yeah. by just doing a search and replace. Yeah, uh, because it was weird at times mm-hmm. how young Rafa sounded, yeah. and the things he said, and the things he was worried about, mm-hmm. and how fatherly Shane was at times. Mm-hmm. That was also gross. Other things that were weird for me that I didn't really appreciate. So there was one point where. Uh, I think Rafa says he's got almost two decades on me. And I'm like, mm, I mean, almost, sure. But, I mean, uh, like, it just felt like the writer had originally written a teenager. Yeah. And, and like, the way he talked, the way mm-hmm. Rafa spoke was so very teenager-y. Yeah. And the things he knew and didn't the know. The scene in the bathroom at the rest stop... I yeah. was so uncomfortable with that, by that whole thing. And again, it actually would make sense if it was a teenager. Yeah. And uh, and he was having that big kind of freak out, and then they didn't get together. And it was just like an older man who was shepherding this young man into coming out and starting his gay life. Yeah. Maybe having sex later, because that happens, but not a relationship. Yeah. But like... Uh, okay, yeah, explain what happens in the bathroom. So, so now. they run off, they go to the, the <clears throat> trucks, the rest stop, and um, Rafa's kind of having this freak out of just like, because Shane follows him into the bathroom, and then Rafa's just like, can't you leave me alone? I just want to be alone, blah, blah, blah. And then Shane says something like, well, I can't do that right now. Or some, I forget what he says, but basically he's just like, there in the bathroom with him. And Rafa's like, well, what if I start doing something? What if what if I just start jerking off? And he starts jerking off. And then while he's jerking off, he's like, Shane, I want you to do this to me. I want you... And, like, says all the things that he wants. But, like, while he's angrily jerking off... Yeah, angrily. Just like... like and Shane is like, well, this is a lot. Well, and Shane, like, dares him to do it. He's like, you're not going to do that. And he's like, want to see a bet? Right. And the door is closed... So Shane isn't watching it, but he's hearing just like, ah, and then you're going to do this to me and I want you to do that. Yeah. It was, it, and like right away he's like, I am mortified. I'm like, yeah, you should be. Um, it just like, and I understand the, like, you know, like he's, he's under constant strain because he's living in the closet and this is his sort of like breaking moment. But I feel, I feel like, like oh, sorry. there could be, a way for that to happen that doesn't include him kind of forcing someone to listen to him jerk off in a public bathroom. I agree. Absolutely. But I also, okay, if this were a regular YA lit and like they didn't get together and it was just sort of a coming of age, Mm -hmm. I would have think like, yeah, it's a gross scene, but it's, 
emotionally charged. Yeah. And really interesting because so much of his life is about this pent up sexuality. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't even want to masturbate in his room by himself. Um, unless he's like, like it's hard for him to even do that. Yeah. He can't look at porn because, because everything, all of his, everything he does on the internet is being monitored. So he right. like survives without porn, which can, you know, can be done, but still. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just, it, and so, like, I felt like that particular moment was forecast a little bit. And I believed it. I thought it went a little too far in some ways yeah. because it also verged on this actually being a little bit of a fantasy mm-hmm. and really masturbating to the person you love. But, like... <laughs> if I had a nickel. I felt like it could have been emotionally charged. Yeah. Um. Anyway... To wrap up. So can I... I just yeah. want to interject real fast. Something that I really didn't like about this is that Shane is... For most of this book, he's 39. By the last few scenes, he is 40. Uh-huh. And the fact that he was like, oh, well, I've never been romantically interested in anyone ever. That, to me, is weird. Yeah. Like, to be... it's It's one thing if it's like two 26 year olds and it's like I've never felt this way before which also made me feel like this character the Rafa was supposed to be so much younger because he says he's not even my type and it's like as if like it's saying like I've never been interested in a child before yeah this is the only one I've ever been interested in right yeah icky it just it to me it doesn't speak it it is not a good omen of their relationship if this is the first time in his 40 years of being alive that Shane has ever even entertained the idea of being in a relationship with this person. Yeah. It's... mm. And the way they kept saying that Rafa was a virgin also bothered me. A lot. Yeah. All the time. Again, which would make total sense if we were talking about a 16-year-old. Right. But there was rimming. Yeah. Of course there was. fingering. I think this is the first time uh, a man has been fingered. Mm Mm-hmm. So... And, yeah, this was written by a woman, but... I feel like she has gay friends and they've told her about what sex is like for them. Because yeah. the, the sex scenes felt definitely closer to what it's actually like. Then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, that was called Good on That Book. Yeah. 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 Under His Protection, Protect and Defend, Book One by Karen Erickson. Protecting the vice president's daughter is Secret Service agents Mason Russell's top priority. With the election looming and the party hold, hold shaky, Mason's been given an important assignment, rein the controversial party girl Blake Hewitt in. He'd like to rein Blake in all right and keep her under his control, naked beneath him at all times. Oh. Blake is the sexiest thing he's ever seen, and she's strictly off limits, though she tempts him like no other. Banished from the capital and sent far away to the family's vacation home, Blake seizes her chance. She'll make Mason hers, no matter what it takes. But the noble Mason doesn't make it easy. Danger lurks where they least expect it. That's what the book says. Mm -hmm. And what do you say? So I'm going to, to give you an idea of what this reading experience was like for me. (laughs) I discovered my new favorite thing. In taking notes on my tablet, I found that there's an emoji that's it looks like a golf flag and it's red. <laughs> so when I need to red flag. Red flag. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Okay. So 
Blake Hewitt is the vice president's daughter, and she's in hot water because there are pictures of her in a bikini in a tabloid. What a terrible slut she is. What a party girl. What a horrible person. And it's a Stars and Stripes bikini. What a stupid bitch. Like, it's... I don't understand why everyone was so upset. There are pictures of her in a bikini. And everyone, her dad's like, how dare you? How could you? Just disregarding America. Like, like she's such a party girl. She was in a friend's backyard wearing a bikini. Yeah, it was what? one party. Also, like... Uh, they only refer to her as a party girl, but she's only gone to one party. She's only ever been tell. to one party also, in her life. She is an adult in this. She is like twenty five. Yeah, she acts, <laughs> but she she also acts like she's seventeen. She does. Yeah, she really does. Also, I agree. This author may have had to age somebody up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's in trouble because there there's a picture of her in her bikini. Um, she has no self esteem whatsoever um also she wants to fuck her secret service agent mason russell and she's like oh god nobody can find out my dirty secret because my dad will kill me next thought you're not concerned about the fact that he's gonna get fired and like (laughs) never work in this industry ever again and then when we get into his point of view he's like oh i could lose my job no, you will lose your job. Also, you don't care about the fact that she'll get into a lot of... T- like, they're both very selfish people. No, they are. But also, we get into his point of view, and his point of view, unlike Shane's, which is like, oh, that kid's hot. Look away, look, look away, look away. Look away, look away. Uh, his is like, look at that ass. Look at that tight little body. Bounce it. Uh, uh, oh, like, God. pornographic. It sounds like he's masturbating in his mind from jump. Yeah. It yeah. is... Gross. And they do this. Okay, so m- most of the books, I get so irritated because it's like, oh, and then his hand trailed fire across my shoulders. I'm not attracted to him, though. What are these feelings? So I will say right away, both of these characters, <laughs> they know that they exactly. want to fuck each other. Yeah. So at least there's that. <laughs> but it's always like his mouth, like turned into a grimace his sexy mouth that she wanted to feel all over her body and this is like every other sentence yeah for the first like four chapters it's like this it's is like, how the author built sexual tension was by saying sex every two words yeah it's like oh he saw her walk across the room and her ass was shaking like a milkshake they don't actually say that but it's like he couldn't he couldn't stop watching her ass and then she tossed her hair oh he wanted to feel that hair on his stomach when she was sucking his dick just like constantly constantly just like they want to fuck each other to the point that's like i get it like on you don't need to say it anymore i understand um so also he we find out later in the book he's jealous he's kind of misogynistic he's also selfish like it's it's all the tropes, like all the stereotypical, like I'm so bored of it. I am so bored of a possessive man and a woman with woman with no self esteem. Yeah, I'm so authors. If you're listening, stop it. Stop writing those books. There are too many. A, they're boring because there's so many, and B, they're not good. Like you, you always say that these are fantasies. How is this a fantasy? What woman? wants to have so little self-esteem that this guy she wants to fuck is making all of her decisions for her. How is that a fantasy? Oh no, it's I already don't have self-esteem. And I will be built up by a man. 
Yeah. Look, that's not like mine. That's not my fantasy. No, I know it's but not. But that's the, that's a fantasy that's yeah, in I'm, here. I'm, I'm, and I'm, it's also like that there's just... So, the, poorly done in this book, but as an example, the painting where she doesn't show anybody that she She paints. doesn't show anyone her painting because they're going to laugh at her. Right. See, I think it would be more interesting if... I paint for myself. I don't need to show it to anyone. Oh, and then, okay, so this is what drives me fucking crazy. She's like, I don't, I paint and I don't show anyone because I'm a, I'm, I'm a skirt. They're going to laugh at me. And there's like, these are actually really good. You should show them in a gallery. I'm such a good painter. I'm going to show them in a gallery. <laughs> One person telling you you're good at something is not going to get you over years of being self-conscious also, about it. Also, there was it. a big part of it was like, what makes him an expert? Also, yeah, what the <laughs> fuck does he know? <laughs> like, uh, he is... Proven to me he has no thoughts outside of his job or her body. Ever. I, I can't assume he actually has any taste at all. Right. <laughs> so but for all I know, he really likes portraits of ducks. <laughs> I thought it would be so much more interesting if she was like, I paint for myself. Like, I, it started as sort of like a form of therapy for me. And like, yeah, I'm pretty damn good. But like, I don't feel the need to show it off. I just do it for myself. And that's why she didn't, she's like, I don't want to spoil this thing that I have with myself. He ends up seeing the paintings and he's like, those are really good. She's like, hmm, maybe it would do me some good to share these with people. I'm going to entertain that idea. And then like, that's the art. I agree. That's so much more interesting. I agree. I agree. Anyway, so her asshole father is like, I need to get her out of Washington because um, the president is up for re-election. And so he sends her away to their vacation house on, like, Haley Island. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's not a real place. All I kept thinking was, like, because it's an island off the coast of California. Yeah. So it's Northern like... Northern California. Yeah, it's just out. It's out there. It's like the Northern Hebrides. Yeah. They're out there. It's just out there. Um, and then Shane has to go with her. And then the other guy can't. And he's like, hey, the other guy can't because his wife's getting surgery. And then, like, two chapters later, uh, Mason's like, hey, why can't he come with me? It's like, his wife's getting surgery. Oh, yeah, you said that. We already talked about this. He's, he has absolutely no retention for details. And as a Secret Service agent, I feel like that that is a skill set that you should have. Yeah. He, it's like, oh, I know that we're going back the night before the election. And then he's like talking to the dad. And he's like, when are we coming back? You you know this. We all know. Anyway, so they go back to the island where the family has the vacation home. And it's like everyone on the island knows who she is. But they also know not to make a big deal out of it. So like she can sort of live, quote, normal life. And then um, the first half of the book is them being like, oh, we should. We shouldn't. We should, we shouldn't. She kind of um, assaults him sexually. <laughs> There's a part, she, he's in the like the little pool house or whatever, and he can see, he has a straight shot into her bedroom window, which is for security reasons, and she's standing in the bedroom window, and she calls him, and she's like, do you want my body? No, no, no. What happens is, so she starts undressing and is like, I wonder if he can see me. And she's just like sort of doing it sexy. And he can totally see her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, she knows I can see her. And so he calls her and he's like, stop it. And she's like, oh, you want me to like, stop? And stop she starts what? like taking her negligee off. He says, no. He says, stop. And she's like, oh, you want me to stop wearing clothes now? 
It's like, don't be creepy. That's not okay. Yeah, it's soups creepy if he starts masturbating to it. Right? And then the whole book is like, oh, he could lose his job. Could? No, he would. If he gets found out, he's probably going to end up in Guantanamo or some (laughs) shit. Like, they're not going to be like, "Mm, don't do it again. No. Anyway. And also, this book didn't have nearly the background of what being a Secret Service agent is like. He might as well not have been. Right. With everything that happens, it could just have easily been that she's rich and he's her bodyguard. Yeah. Like, nothing about this at all says he... Anyway, so for the first half of the book is them being like, Oh, I wanna... Oh, but I should... Oh, but... So then when they finally are about to hook up, he's like, So this is just sex. With it, like it's not a conversation for him. He's like, yeah, this is this is just sex, and she's like, oh, but, and apparently she's in love with him, even though they don't talk. Her whole their whole interaction is she's like, I need a therapist. This guy's paid to stand here, and he can't say anything that I say, so I'm just gonna tell all my problems at him. Like, how is that a healthy or attractive relationship? Anyway, he's like, so this is just sex. This is all we're doing, and as soon as we get back to DC we're done and it's just sex and her brain she's like I want more but I also want to have sex with him okay panties be gone so it's stupid and then finally 65% into the book something happens (laughs) she gets a phone call on her cell phone that's heavy breathing and she's like Huh. She hangs up. She gets another uh, phone call I'm right still away. I'm not clear where that phone call came from. That's just it. Oh, we'll get into it. Yeah. So then, at the uh, so then, um, her phone rings again, and it's like somebody's used in a voice modulator, being like, "It's good to see you, Blake," or saying something stupid, and she's right. like, "Uh, that's weird." Doesn't think it's a big deal, and then mentions it to Mason, and he's like, "No, I'm sorry. What?" And he makes a big deal of it. And Toad does his job. And does his job because only like three people have her cell phone number, right? Including this woman, Suzanne, who's a waitress on the island that she just met. And of course, oh, also Blake is anorexic. She is obviously anorexic. Obviously anorexic. There's one point where Mason's like, oh, she's not much of an eater. And then it's like, oh my God, I'm out of the limelight. I can eat a slice of pizza. <laughs> Every time she eats, she moans. It's yeah. just like, Mmm, whipped cream. Mmm, pizza. Girl, you need a lot of help. Um, (laughs) So she makes friends with this woman, Suzanne, and whenever she disagrees with Suzanne, she's like, I don't want to ruin our friendship. I don't want to scare her away. Ah. Anyway, right away... She's definitely not a party girl, by the way. Right. Right? Also, there's another point where she's like, I've had a lot of boyfriends. Nope. I've had sex with, like, three of them. Aren't I such a slut? Nope. No. I never believed anything that yeah, right. this book was saying to me right. ever. Also, just like red flag, red flag, red flag. It's my, it's the, it's always the most recent emoji on my keyboard now <laughs> on my tablet. Anyway, so uh, Mason thinks it's Suzanne right away. And Blake's like, it wouldn't be Suzanne. She's my friend. And he's like, you don't know her. You, what are you doing? And she's like, no, it's fine. Then they have some argument, I guess. I don't know. Suzanne calls and is like, I need you to come over. I'm going through... Oh, and we know that Suzanne has a past that we can't find. Like, Mason looks into her, can't find anything about her. Right. And, like, Mason was very specific. He's like, no, you can't be friends with her because she has no past. 
Like, like, which means she's changed her name and she's hiding her identity. Although this was dumb as shit. He's like, we can't find anything on a Susan Johnson. I'm like, oh, no, that's a common name. You would totally find a lot of things on lots of Susan Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, she would have had to steal somebody's identity to get this job. Right? And it would probably be a woman named Susan Johnson. <laughs> you could probably find that. Yeah. Like, anyway. Um, so... Um, Suzanne calls her and is like, I'm going through some stuff right now. Oh, and Suzanne realizes who she is. She's like, oh my god, you're the vice president's daughter. Oh my god, that's guy, that guy who's always there is a secret, is a secret service agent, right? <laughs> anyway, Suzanne, Suzanne's like, I need you to come over. I like, I'm going through some stuff right now. And then um, Blake's like, oh, I gotta fuck this guy. Um, how about tomorrow? And Suzanne's like, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Come over. I'll, like, make us breakfast or whatever. Cut to Suzanne's house. We discover she faked her own death to escape her abusive husband. And, like, sure, roll your eyes. But Suzanne was like, okay, he's an idiot. Okay, he has a drug problem. His name is Rich. He has a drug problem. He's trying to get money to support his drug problem. He's super abusive to her. He's super abusive. He's an alcoholic. He thinks that he can kidnap Blake to ransom her. So he's the one that made the dumb phone calls. And and Suzanne's like, what a fucking idiot. Why did he do that? So he's like, you're going to get her over here. And Suzanne's like, I am. Because she always has a Secret Service agent with her. And he will take care of this whole situation, and then I can start a new life all over again. Yeah, which is smart thinking. Right? I was like, oh, I'm on board with this Right? Reading this chapter is like, can we just have Suzanne's book? Oh, God, please. But then it all goes downhill from there. Right, because Blake is not as smart as Suzanne. Right. (laughs) But then Suzanne ends up being dumb by the end of the book, too. Yes. Anyway, so Blake wakes up, and is like, I'm going to go to... um, Suzanne's house. Oh, but Mason's tired from all that fucking we did. He eats her out. There's cunnilingus. Yes, yes, yes. Good for them. Um, She's like, I'll just go without him. I'll leave him a note. It's fine. He doesn't find the note. He, like, looks all over the house and never finds the note. I didn't understand that part. Anyway, so she goes to Suzanne's house and Rich is like, give me all your money. And she's like, it's all in a trust account, dude. Like, I can give you maybe $3,000. And it's not today. Like, I'd have to, like... I really actually appreciated that part. She's like, ugh, this is what's happening. <laughs> she's like, god damn it. She's like, I'm not a bank, dude. Yeah, she's like, I'd have to, like, talk to lawyers to get you this money. But then also she's like, how dare you, Suzanne? It's like, you... you, Suzanne had alluded to the fact that she escaped some guy. You knew she had, like, a secret identity. Like put two and two together, she's the victim of an abusive relationship. And Suzanne's like, is your guy here? And she's like, no. And, he's like, and Suzanne's like, what the hell? The whole point! The whole point! <laughs> so then Blake, or sorry, Mason wakes up um, and is like, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Doesn't find the note. Finally like turns on the tracker on her car. Goes to Suzanne's house rescues them, gets in a showdown with Rich, shoots Rich, and then here's the thing that bothered me. Then Suzanne's like, oh, Rich! And she, like, runs to him anyway. And then an ambulance comes, and they're like, okay, we have to... And Mason did get shot. It's like like they shot each other at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got shot in, like, the stomach, I think. 
Yeah, something like that. And something like that. And they're like, okay, we're gonna go take him to the mainland because our hospital here, there's no hospital here. We just have a clinic, so we have to take him. And she's like, take him to San Francisco! And it says where this island is. San Francisco is like... It, Portland a, would have been a way better choice. Yeah, San Francisco's like a two and a half hour drive. Yeah. It's like, bitch, what, what are you doing? Um, And then cut to... They've lost the election. Oh, she's at the holiday party. Yeah. The family holiday party just before they leave D.C. And um, Mason is still alive. And then he shows up at the party because her dad had a change of heart and, like, invited him and gave his blessing. And that all was this dumb so shit. Weird. It was that stupid shit. That part was shit. so weird. And then they were in the middle of the party and they were, like, kissing a little bit. I'm like, okay, sure. And then he started, like, grabbing her ass no, kneading like dough. Need. <laughs> I I mentioned this to one. I went my, right back to the gross porno thinking. Yeah, too. I mentioned this to one of my roommates, and so we basically just like took our knuckles and was like, <laughs> "Hey, baby." At <laughs> 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 her family hot like they're in public. Like, <laughs> calm it, down. Not just public, but like public, public. There's probably reporters. Yeah, there. yeah. So that was the whole book. I think um. Uh, it doesn't yeah it's all it's dumb it it really was i uh there wasn't uh, there were so many times where i thought oh this could be sexy like mm-hmm. the bits at the window like if it was mm. consensual both ways like yeah. if she would look through the window and kind of saw him watching her and just sort of started to strip and like he didn't do anything that would have been way sexier mm-hmm. like if if, or it if was she, just or if she like done one shoulder sort of like you want me to? You want me to? You want me to? And he like nodded. Go for it, kids. So hot. Ugh. And like that they've got these two windows in the space mm-hmm. between them and they can only have like these sexual interactions like mm-hmm. th- like this way. Yeah. That's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have to like act normal to each other in person. Oh, that would be interesting. That would be an interesting book. What another thing about it that I hate that was also in um the other book and we've seen several times is like the person under protection leaves because they're like, I don't need to be protected. And because they assert their independence, that's when they get kidnapped or injured or something. It's like, oh, it's you You feel like you don't need to be protected by this. It happened to um, uh, Pandora. Yeah. She's like, I'm fine. And then she got stabbed at the opera. Yep. It's like... I don't... I'm I'm an adult. I can make my way through the world. I don't need constant supervision. I'm gonna go do this thing. Oh, now I'm being attacked. What an idiot I am for thinking that I could, like, go out into the world as an independent person. Yeah, it would be way more interesting if, uh, if, like, their regular protection was foiled. Right. Somehow, so it was neither of their fault. Right. Or, um... Like, the detail changed, and so the person who normally does the protection can't, mm-hmm. and, like, has to come and rescue them from their bad protection that they've got now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or that in the middle of this protection, again, under normal circumstances, it's the protector who's attacked. Yeah. And the protectee has to save them. Yes. All of these All are of these interesting. All would be more interesting. But in both cases, they had emotional outbursts. They weren't thinking things through, even though they knew better. Yeah. And left. Yeah. Ugh, drives me fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, it would have been equally interesting if she did tell him. Yeah. And they went together and he stood outside. Yeah. 
And, she th- and then she had to figure out a way to signal to him right. without Rich knowing. That would have been totally fine yeah, yeah, yeah. and very interesting. Just like, how am I going to get his attention? And as soon as like Suzanne would be like, hey, uh, actually, this guy's abusive and you need to save me. Totes interesting. Yeah. Anyway, we're done. We're done. We're done. Let's play Fuck, Mary Carol. Fuck, Mary Carol. <laughs> okay. Uh, you go first. All right. Neil Higgins. Yes. Fuck, Mary kill. Yes. Secret Service agents. Uh Uh-huh. All of them? All of them. Okay. The idea of them. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Running out on your Secret Service uh, agent. Okay. Finding independence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Sure. Sure, sure. Abductors. What? Yeah. No, okay, say it again. What are the three things? Abductors. Abductors. Finding your own independence. Okay. Secret service agents. Okay, I thought running out on secret service agents was was an a independent thing. Okay. No. It's so secret three service things. agents, independence, and abductors. Yes. You realize this is like the easiest one ever, right? No, because sometimes people have fantasies about having sex with their abductors. Oh, that's and right. And we're totally going to read those and books one day. Some of those people are sitting in this room. Some of those people are sitting in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to fuck secret service agents. Fuck them. Yeah. I'm going to kill abductors. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to marry my independence. <laughs> Um, I'm going to fuck abductors. Not these. In these books, I think these were obviously terrorists and drug addicts. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I'm into it. And it's not a great part of myself. But it's a part that I give into because these books want me to sometimes. Mm. We're going to read them one day. Um, Mary Secret Service agents. Okay. Fuck your independence? I'm killing independence. Oh, you're killing (laughs) independence? Oh, Claire. I know I'm the worst. Oh. Says this says this basic bitch. Basic bitch. Basic bitch. Okay. That's fine. No, all of these Love books you. hate independence. There's it's not true. a single one of them that's like, you should be independent for forever. It's like, get with this guy. Like, we're not that's reading awful. books about independence. No, we I know. not read a single one. <laughs> uh, yep. Anyway. Okay. Claire. Yes. Fuck Mary Kill. Uh-huh. Alan. Alan. Rich. Rich. Corellian terrorists. Ooh. Who are abductors, so that might influence They're all bad guys. Yeah. They this are. is excellent. Well, see, I never get to meet the Corellian terrorists. And what if on the other end they're really great? Like they pull me out of the box and like, we're so sorry we had to do this, like for our independence. And I'm like, I get you. You're very hot. Kill independence, Claire. Why would they do that? I don't know. Oh, Claire. All right, let's see. Um, oh, poor Alan. Right? Ooh. But he's suicidal. It's not my favorite thing. Okay, well, I'm killing Rich because he's an idiot. Because he's an idiot. I mean, at least the Carillion terrorists had a plan. They did. A good plan. Yeah, they really did, actually. They knew exactly who to target. Mm -hmm. They did a lot of research. They knew what was going on. They were convinced that Shane was dead. Yeah. So they were just like, we're good. They did all the right things, I think. Um, Almost. Right. I mean. Except for shooting Shane in the head. Right. They died at the end. Um, All of them. But I think I'm still going to marry them. But then even in death, they caused that cave-in. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I think I'm going to marry the terrorists. Oh, God. (laughs) My mother is so proud. Yeah. Um, 
And that means I'm going to fuck Alan. Because uh, it's fine one time, but I don't want to be attached to that forever. Okay. I mean, ooh. ooh. I mean, he lies himself with terrorists. It's well, true. It's true. <laughs> says the girl who's going to marry them. <laughs> Look, I get I'm the worst. You can fix them with your love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> god oh it's awful it's mm. all the way around awful yep. there's nothing i mean you have problematic like fantasies too i'm sure you're I mean, not maybe you mean uh, maybe i don't know i don't th- like i don't even like hate fucking i think it's gross man i'm not i'm not gonna say that i don't one but of our I can't themes, think of any one of our themes should be problematic faves and mine's obviously going to be abduction yeah you have to think about what yours is going to be okay problematic faves i'll have i'll have to i'm sure i'm sure i have one i'll just have to figure out what it is anyway anyway uh of all the characters i didn't i didn't answer the oh answer it then yeah sorry um i'm gonna kill rich Uh uh-huh i'm gonna fuck the terrorists okay um i have to get into a mindset for it because they'll just be screaming in a cyrillic language and like that's intense um <laughs> but good for a one night stand. Good for a one night stand, yeah. And I I think there were like four or five, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's manageable. A good game day. <laughs> <laughs> or orgy. Consensual all the way around. As long as I don't end up in that box. I'm not okay with that. Um and then I'm going to marry Alan because in the book he makes bad choices, but it's because he loves his family so much. But in our life he wouldn't have any kids that died because he was the genetic carrier for the disease and he and I wouldn't have kids. Huh. So he wouldn't be associated with terrorists. Aw. Great. Yeah. So so I fixed it with my love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Of all the characters. Of all the characters... Um, well, I think I'm going to get married to Shane, honestly. Okay. Like, I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that he falls in love with a teenager who's with written the... as a 20-year-old. Yeah. But, um, I thought he was great. Yeah. I... And he definitely was like, okay, like, as an older... Oh, one thing that I didn't like about him is they have a conversation about being tested. And Rafa brings it up. And then Shane doesn't answer for a very long time. Huh. Rafa's because they 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 wanna have bareback sex. And Rafa's like, I'm a virgin, and I've only ever hooked up with you in that cave. Which is a weird sentence to say. <laughs> but I, I've been tested anyway, so like I'm I'm good if you wanna have bareback sex. And then Shane's like, oh, you haven't been with anyone in college and blah, blah, blah. And they, like, talk for a bit. And then finally Shane's like, oh, yeah, I got tested too. It's like, no, you need, you as the older, more responsible gay, like, need to bring that up sooner. Right. So that's one thing I didn't like about him. Yeah, kind of what it should have been, like, I feel like it could have been written where Rafa says, um, let's do bareback. And Shane be like, oh, hey. Have you been tested? And he's like, I've only had sex with you. No, no, no. That's not how you think about this, man. Mm-hmm. You get tested. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been tested, and I'm clean. And, right. And Raph's like, okay, I did get tested. Yeah. But other than, there were other instances where Shane was, like, a mentor gay. They also had this discussion, uh, testing discussion in the second book, too, actually. 
Oh, that's right. I approve of both of these. That's they right. both talked about this. Because they didn't Congratulations, have, these books. They didn't have condoms or something. And she's like, right. oh, I'm on the pill and I've been tested. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just had a physical or whatever. Yeah. Let's just bang till dawn. Yeah. Okay, good for, good for them. Good like, for them. That, that's important. Hooray these books. Okay. Uh, so you're going to marry Shane. Yes. I'm going to marry Shane. I am going to uh, fuck Rafa's brothers. Both sound, of them? Yeah. Okay. They sound hot and supportive. Sure, sure. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to kill Suzanne. Oh. I feel bad. She ended up in jail with Rich at the end. Obviously should have. Uh, I feel like she's made terrible life choices all along the way. I, I, I also her character was completely inconsistent. I yeah, didn't know what was, was happening. Yeah, it was a very inconsistent character. I thought there was some fun stuff that the author was trying to do with you know what abused people feel like within the relationship but it was like this isn't the book for that honey yeah this is the wrong book for that right you have not written anybody well enough to support this character i don't believe because like she faked her death and fled and then in the there's one part where rich has them in the bedroom and he's like i hear a noise in the backyard i'm gonna go look if either of you leave this bedroom i'm gonna shoot you and suzanne's like okay I want to leave, and if I get killed, then fine. And then for her to run to him at the end. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. No. No sense. Anyway, I'm going to fuck Shane. All right. I'm going to marry Chris. Yes. Because he seemed great. And he lives... He's a fancy man in New York. Um, And I'm going to kill Mason. Yeah, that's wise. Because he's a selfish asshole. Yeah. He's the worst. Um, I'm going to... And of these two books? I'm going to kill under his protection yep i'm gonna fuck um valor on the or uh valor, valor on, on the move, move. Yeah, yeah yeah i agree though i will argue it's not a may december romance like the if he were written as a teenager he's written as a teenager if he continued to be a teenager then maybe but like 23 to 40 is not may december if 40 may. isn't speaking as a woman who's almost 40 is not December. Yeah, like he's barely <laughs> he's barely a daddy. I'm not. Yeah, I am. Like he's not just in the entering into daddy dumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck Val on the move and kill under his protection. Excellent. What about um, you? Yeah. Same Z's. Same Z's. I mean, I'm upset about the age stuff in Valor, but honestly, other than that, like if they had just like was... if they just written up some of of some of his dialogue a little better, I would have been on board. Yeah, yeah. Give him a little bit more experience in college. I'm good yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great, great. So I pick the books for next time. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Let's see. Also, Christine, guess. <gasps> Okay, one of them, if, you, if you're if you familiar with it at all, will be a dead giveaway. Um, so, Hemovore by Jordan Castillo-Price and Dead Until Dark by Charlene Harris. Cannibals. Oh, no, but that would be a good one. Vampires. Vampires! Uh, Dead Until Dark is the first book in the series that The Vampire Diaries is based on. Yeah. So, we're doing vampires, kids! Vampires! I'm excited. So much suckage. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Christine. You're welcome. Thanks, Christine. You're welcome. Thank (laughs) you.
<laughs> she does a face with it too. It's a whole experience. Uh, thank you, listeners. Thank you so very much. We appreciate you and everything about you. Uh, thank you, authors. Thank you, authors. We appreciate being allowed to read these books. Yeah. And uh, please, if you like us, if you like what we're doing, like, subscribe, uh, rate, leave a review, all those sorts of things. We're on all the podcasty whatevers. And of course, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. Great. Great. Have a good night. Or whatever time of day it is. Okay, bye. Rice is on the move. (laughs) 